Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. He would later leave the service and decide that he had the mental and physical skills necessary to do what he didn't think anybody else was doing, which is tell an untold story of the cost of the Syrian civil war. He told his dad that he was going to come home to finish his final year of law school at Georgetown, and he said that he was going to head to the Lebanese border um, and come home. One day turned into two days, turned into three days, and uh, as we know now, uh, Austin was taken captive. It's been more than 2,557 days since Austin Tice was captured in Syria. You know, how do you hang on to your hope? That, that's not even really a question. I mean, our, our, our hope never changes. Welcome to a special episode of Vet Story. I'm your host, Navy veteran Phil Briggs. Now, this is a special episode of the Vet Story podcast, and we're doing it on what is a somber anniversary. For exactly seven years, a Marine Corps veteran and an American citizen has been held against his will in Syria. I'll read from an article on ConnectingVets.com entitled, Ask About Austin. In the article, Abby Bennett writes, it's been more than 2,557 days since Austin Tice, Marine journalist, son, and brother, was captured in Syria. On August 14th, he will turn 38 years old, and it'll mark the seven years since his abduction near Damascus. In seven years, his family has worked tirelessly to free him. So just how has an American citizen spent this long in captivity in a country like Syria without the military or somebody doing something to get him out? And for the full story, we'll talk to our reporter covering this, Abby Bennett. Abby, how are you? I'm great, Phil. How are you? I'm really good. And we're not even really at war with Syria, yet we are engaged in this conflict, in this like quiet, dark situation, which really doesn't seem to have a diplomatic ending. But tell me how we got where we are today. So I spoke with Mark Tice, who is the father of Austin Tice. Austin spent several years as a Marine captain. He would later leave the service and decide that he had the mental and physical skills necessary to do what he didn't think anybody else was doing, which is tell an untold story of the cost of the Syrian civil war. And so in 2012, he entered the country through the Turkish border, and he spent uh, several weeks reporting from Syria and telling those stories. And then very shortly before his 31st birthday, he told his dad that he was going to come home to finish his final year of law school at Georgetown. And he said that he was going to head to the Lebanese border um, and come home. 
and he made sure to tell his family, you know, it may be a little while before I can contact you again. You know, they were normally in very regular contact with Austin, um, but he said, you know, during the border crossing, we may lose contact. But as one day turned into two days, turned into three days, and uh, as we know now, uh, Austin was taken captive. The family has not had any credible person or group come take credit for Austin's capture. Um, there was a video that came out shortly after his abduction that did show some uh, up until now unidentified group of men uh, with Austin. Um, but the family is very confident, as, as I say in my story and, and as Mark Tice told me. The most important thing we know is that he's alive. Um, and there are ongoing efforts to bring him home. The, the number one thing is uh, to pray for Austin. So he's a combat veteran. He's in college, but he feels as though he's, you know, the one that's capable of telling the story of the Syrian civil war, which was a pretty grotesque tale. I mean, that was Bashar al-Assad's gassing his own people, right? So he volunteers to go shine the light on the war crimes going on there. Austin served as a freelance reporter for several entities, including the Washington Post and uh, McClatchy's chain of uh, more than 30 newspapers. Um, and so he, he really felt like he was uniquely situated to sort of go fill a gap in coverage in that area because there wasn't a whole lot of on-the-ground reporting from Western journalists. Sure, and as both you and I know from working in the media, you know, they rely on stringers for that kind of work because it's dirty work. Nobody wants to take out an insurance policy on their own staff member. A lot of these major corporations, including the one we work for, you, you know, don't really want to have an expense and certainly put an employee at that kind of risk. Right. So very, very dangerous work. It is the uh, uh, special forces of journalism, if you will. Absolutely. But when he never makes it back to the border, he never crosses back into Lebanon. And the Washington Post reported that one of their journalists had been missing as well. Um where did it go from there? Because you think when something like this happens, international incident, well, immediately the government gets involved, the State Department gets involved, and then you're kept in constant contact with somebody who's negotiating on your loved one's behalf. Um, seven years later, what's been going on with that? Well, I think, you know, because this is a very sticky situation and we don't do a lot of normal negotiations with Syria, there's not a lot to tell, honestly. Um, this is a situation that's very delicate and and, you know, uh, the family is kept abreast of developments in the investigation and in the effort to bring him home that they can't necessarily share with the public because they don't want to compromise the investigation and they don't want to put Austin at risk. Um, so there is information out there, including the fact that they know that he is alive and being cared for, um, that they can't really share the details of. But Mark Tice, Austin's father, did tell me that they know that Austin is not being held by a terror cell. He is being held by someone affiliated or highly connected to the Syrian government. Okay, so they can't tell you for the sake of this story what they know or what has been told to them, but they can admit or they can freely say that they feel as though he's being held by somebody with the Syrian government. And therein you described the state of diplomatic relations. It's a lot of fancy words. It's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of channels and we hear all these terms, you know, well, we don't want to jeopardize things and we want to keep the negotiations going. I mean, at the end of the day, as a parent, as a brother, as a sister, as a, as a friend, a loved one, I mean, you've got to just be like, what the f 
tell us who's got him. And they can't actually ask those type of questions. Well, I think that's a big frustration, not just, you know, I'm sure on the part of the family, but also on the part of the public, who is also very concerned and prays for Austin. Um, you know, everybody wants to know the efforts that are being put forward to make sure he returns home. And that's, that's part of why this year the family has launched what's called the Ask About Austin campaign, where they are calling on people and his dad actually made a very specific plea to the military and veteran community to reach out to your representatives, to reach out to the Secretary of State uh, Pompeo and to the White House and President Trump to ask them to make Austin's return an urgent priority and to talk about what they're doing to bring him home. And I actually reached out to um, Representative Tulsi Gabbard, who has been in the news recently for her trips to Syria and her relationship with President Assad. And uh, I have actually yet to hear back. It's been uh, several days. I've yet to hear back from her office about any efforts that she has put forward to bring Austin home. Mm. The fear I take from this whole situation is we have people that are currently being held. Uh, There's another gentleman who claimed he went to Russia for a wedding and then Russia snatched him and said he had a hard drive or some kind of thumb drive and was a spy. So now he's being held. Uh, You Rewind back to North Korea in, you know, years and months ago when there was the student trip over there and Otto Warmbier um, was held for ripping a poster off the wall. And when he finally was returned to us, he was in such a a sick condition. um, You know, the poor guy died. Right. And I just think there's probably countless other people being held abroad under other circumstances that maybe we know nothing about. But diplomatically we can't do anything through state department um makes you question what does cia do i mean what does cia have to say this is clearly an international thing this is clearly an intelligence community issue not so far that they can share publicly but i will say the fbi is offering a one million dollar reward for any information that leads to austin being brought safely home and actually a coalition of media organizations have put up a matching million dollars. Um, so there's $2 million on the line if someone can provide information that leads to Austin being brought back home. So there there are internal investigation efforts. Um, there's obviously, you know, classified efforts to bring Austin home. But as far as public outreach, you know, today, especially on the anniversary, you've got a lot of social media and outreach efforts So we just have to hope that that doesn't fade away after today. Yes, definitely hope that doesn't fade away. Real quick, I want to take a second and just play a little bit of your conversation with Austin Tice's father, Mark Tice. And uh, here's what he said we need to do. We would like as many people as possible to reach out to their representatives in Congress, their representatives and senators, reach out to the State Department, to Secretary Pompeo, reach out to White House officials, to the president, just encouraging them to make Austin's return an urgent priority. Uh, Seven years is crazy, crazy long. You know, to that, we always discuss issues where the solution is, you know, we need to get involved. You need to contact your representative. And I always feel like, That is so hollow because one, a lot of people don't even know who the hell the representative is. And then the way Congress works, everybody sits on committees where there's specific jobs and power, you know, is given to certain people to do certain roles. 
well, who the hell is in charge of foreign relations? Who in the hell sits in the driver's seat in Congress that we can really contact? Because, you know, if you give me a name of somebody to go after, then I'll make that call. You're absolutely right, Phil. And we can start off with the Committee on Foreign Affairs in the House, which are which is led by Chairman Elliot Engel and Ranking Member Michael McCall. We also have the Senate Committee on Foreign Relations, which are led by Senator James Reich and Senator Bob Menendez. And we also have the uh, Committee on Intelligence, which is led by Adam Schiff and Devin Nunes. And we also have our Veterans Affairs Committees in the House. That is uh, Representative Takano and Representative Rowe. And in the Senate, that's Chairman Johnny Isaacson and Ranking Member John Tester. Um, all of those people deal with veterans issues, deal with foreign relations, deal with intelligence, and, and could play a part in Austin's abduction, um, in bringing him home and finding out what happened there and making sure that he gets to not have to spend another birthday in Syria. Mm, right on. What states are those senators and representatives from? Texas, Idaho, New Jersey, California. Georgia. So if you're from any of those states, get on the phone, get in your email and start busting some chops because, uh, yeah, we got to do everything to keep this story alive and, you know, to keep this initiative going until we find a happy ending. The, the number one thing is uh, to pray for Austin, uh, pray for our family. Uh, we also ask people to pray for uh, the people that are holding Austin captive, you know, that, that their hearts and minds would change and they would see that this is a time to let him come home.